You're listening to New Dogma Z. Hello and welcome to another New Dogma audio situation. It is NDZ Live 30. This is Andrew. I'm here with Grant and Mitch. How are you guys? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? Living life. Number not, 30. Not fired. <laughs> not fired. <laughs> not fired. Uh, another I, day, another day on the job. Yeah. Um, Don- Donor Kababa showed you some mercy? Just a bit. Okay. Yeah. Just enough. Good. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing as well as can be expected after yet uh, another frustrating game against Knoxville, who went out of their way, absolutely went out of their way to uh, disrupt us playing our game. Really, really did the uh, play the role of the. I wouldn't say that they were shit housing, but they were more of just kind of like. You know, just kind of being around and just creating havoc and just being annoying and just yeah, maybe they maybe they were shit housing a little bit. I mean, yeah, that's that's the that's that's a McKeever team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we knew that coming into the season. So. Yeah, yep. Tonight, uh, or I guess Jake had Jake Keegan's headband. By the way, holy shit, Jesus! Christ. I will come back to that. <laughs> what the fuck? Atrocious display. Uh, we have. Uh, Nazim Bartman, club goal scoring record holder, Nazim Bartman on tonight. Great interview. Stick with us through that. Uh, there's no outro, so as soon as we're done talking here, uh, you'll have somebody uh, much more intelligent about soccer talking to you uh, along yeah. with us. Nazimo. Yeah. 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 yeah it's great. a great interview. Stick around for that. He's great. Um, but. Yeah, this Knoxville game was frustrating. There was a very palpable sense of frustration amongst the fans after the game. I think you're going to have that anytime we have a run of games where we're not winning. Yeah. Um, this is number five in a row. God uh, bless. I feel like we've gotten two points from the past uh, possible 15, which is quite frustrating. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, we are st- we are doing better than Richmond though because they have one draw and four losses in their last five. So Yee. you know we have that game that Richmond game coming up on Thursday night, um, and you know I'm probably going to go ahead and release this episode on Thursday just so that folks have a chance to listen to it before then and not just the Patreon subscribers. That's nice but, of you. Well, you know, uh, no one can tell me that I didn't do anything for the people. That's true. Um, thank you again to all of our Patreon backers. Uh, you really do help make this work. Uh, we were talking with Zemo actually off air, uh, about how our Patreon backers really do make it possible for us to do this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. All the mics, the mics that we have for recording on the headphones that we have, uh, the recorder that we're using, um, the mic cables that yeah. we yeah. consistently the stuff, have to keep buying. Yeah, <laughs> the stuff that we have to, the stuff that we use like post games as well. Yeah, I mean, all of that stuff is due to our Patreon backers. So you really are making this work. Uh, so you know. If you have suggestions for us and new things for us to try or do to change up, uh, you can tell us. We probably will ignore it, uh, but we'll do our best. <laughs> it's more than likely that we're going to ignore it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, but, yeah. You know, There's a non-zero we'll, chance that we do listen. Yeah, we will listen. We just probably won't change. Yeah. yeah. We'll, t- we'll talk about it. Maybe lament it. And complain. Complain. And then, yeah. we'll, and then we'll just go right back to what we what we yeah. know. I mean, Preachers the reason you listen to us is because we complain. Yeah. But we complain the same as you. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get back to this Knoxville game. Um, it feels a little bit... 
like we lost our heads a little bit uh, a little bit a little bit it's almost as, like i talked about this on our last episode yeah but i will say that nazim hinted at something towards the end of, his, of the interview that we did with him uh that i found very poignant actually and that he was saying that you know we have guys this year who are not giving up and that resilience sometimes bleeds its way into uh, a little bit of a temper yeah the a little bit of not taking anybody's shit yeah uh and speaking of not taking anybody's shit uh cheney had a bit of a back and forth all game long with a f- former very, very, very former. Uh, only played a handful of games. I think I can at tell you most. He played, he played a total of 105 minutes because he played one game, and then in our first home game, yeah. he went down with an injury, he, a knee injury, 15 minutes in. He blew out his knee. Right? Yeah. We are, of course, talking about Jalen Chrysler, who, <laughs> no surprise there, leads the league in yellow cards. You know, <laughs> Shocking. You, you, yeah. know, you know what? interested me was the first time we played knoxville Most at home being we a have douche so so up in the box uh our um our announcer our pa announcer bart uh he gets a thing from each team as to like you know what what are who are these players and, and everything else and knoxville had a very had, they have the most like extensive sort of uh these are our players and they also have player pronunciations that's a good thing that is a good thing they put down Jalen Chrysler. His last name is pronounced Chrysler. He can fuck off. That's what I say. <laughs> Don't spell it that way, then. You know, and here's the thing is is that there was another player on that team, too, whose name I could not, I, I cannot remember right Jake now. Is Keegan? No. But there was someone else where where it was, it was supposedly pronounced differently, and I just looked at it, and I told Bart, I'm just like, it's not pronounced that way. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. He's been in the like whoever it is. They've been in the league for for a while, and I was just like, no. I think it might have been Jimmy Villalobos. The same or the same sheet must have been given to the commentator because they absolutely pronounced his name that way the whole yes. game. Yes, yes, it is. That's I. I'm almost certain of it. But we have to kind of rounding back to my point, right? Like we have these teams that frequently will change their tactics so that it doesn't match what what our guys have been watching on tape but they also frequently do what every team does every sort of like i I hate to say this because it's cynical it's a cynical way of playing but like they fucking kick us and hack us and stop us from trying to actually play soccer that's what they have to do is because we is that our, our rosters are usually so talented and we we do have a lot of guys that have a lot of, you know, ability and a lot of you know, and one of the ways that you can get them off their game is doing that. Kick them is yep. to, and and wind them up and and playing this sport as much as I have, I know that like when you would play teams that that was the mode of what they were going to do. It's because they knew that you had more talent than than they did, and that was their way of leveling the playing field. It is part of the game. It is absolutely part of the game. The Detroit Pistons did this for years and won two championships in a row doing this. I mean, you, I mean, to- you know, it's like, so it, it, it does work on, to a point. When, yeah. when one of your main strikers is Jake Keegan, you have to take any advantage you can get. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck was that headband? Oh, my God, dude. 
Does he know that he can just get a, like an actual like proper fade haircut and not have to fuck around with wearing a that wearing thing, a headband? Oh my god! It wasn't even. It was like a. It was like a if hair tie that he just tied around his entire head. Fernando Torres. If I didn't want to punch him in the face before the match, yeah. Seeing that just. It just takes the. It's, yeah. it's it's almost like he's doing it on purpose, which he probably is, dude. It's, I love, and those are absolutely the guys that I'm like. Yeah, I'm like, your career will end someday. It's yeah. it's Devin Boyce level. It's I don't know if anyone's at that level, yeah. but it's close. I mean, this is Jake Keegan we're talking about. Yeah, who would you who would you rather hit, Devin Boyce or Jake Keegan? Jake Keegan. Jake Keegan. Both. I want to take both their heads and like smash their faces together. I think I would try and do like the line them up and hit them and get them with like the, like the the, the cross. Maybe you want to just like run at them, and like just, like the people on the little boxing video game hitting hitting the like that one video I sent you of like the kid where he like on the bike and then he oh, like yeah. ghost rides the bike and then just <laughs> runs up and punches <laughs> and then gets back on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> Classic all-time meme video, but we could go on for a long time about Knoxville and how annoying some of their players are. How how uh, you know unbeautiful some of their players are trying to look like Fernando Torres uh, with his shit hair hair band. Look, we got a draw. We move up. Yeah, you know we no sour grapes here. Yeah, I mean we're it's no sour grapes here, but. Go get, go, get the, go get the win on Thursday. Yeah. Go, get go, the win on Thursday. go beat Richmond. Yeah. The positives from this game, uh, there were some empty bass drums at the start of the first half, so Grant and I, of course, jumped on them. Yeah. Uh, the f- most fun part about this game, so at least good. from my perspective, was having the UW Platteville oh uh, marching band there. Those kids were so good. God. They had <laughs> They had no fucking idea what they were doing, but they they caught on pretty quick. They literally brought fucking sheet music. I know, so, I loved it. Like we're, we're yelling, like Andrew and I would be yelling at these kids. Like we're not yelling at them. We're just we're just barking at them, playing that play this song, and just like they would, like in the stands of like a football game, they flipped to the song. It's fucking ridiculous. and they had it like on like you, you know what I'm talking they about, know. Mitch. Mitch, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like you know like oh, the yeah. little flip. And they had it like, and there was like this. I think she was playing. I think she was playing. Was she playing saxophone behind or clarinet behind us? She was like, yeah, four foot ten. Yep. You know, she's behind us had this huge thing on on her thing, and she's just like, she had so much fun. Just, yeah, you could just tell. They just, I had a ton of fun. It sounded fucking great on the broadcast. Oh my god, it it sounded great. Yeah, it sounded it, great in the what's, stadium. What's too. crazy? What's crazy is is that I went to I went to Platteville, and this was my first time actually seeing the marching band. I've heard them before because you can hear them all over campus in in August when you get there too, when you get there a week or two early for your yeah. for your campus job and then you're just like out and about it mm. at noon or one o'clock and you just hear them but it's whole like you know just completely quiet no completely quiet and then like a half mile away you can hear them down at the at the football field just like like okay but yeah. no, like they were, they were fantastic, especially, especially because this is their preseason, essentially, right. like very, very early in their season. So yeah, like you know, props to those guys for you know they got they got onto and off of the field really quickly for the um, for halftime and you know, so it was great. Despite how good we sounded on the broadcast, ESPN still had to like turn down the mics in our end because we were that loud. Yeah, like 
if the, I think that was the thing like I didn't realize until I woke up the next morning and like my ears were ringing. Yeah. I was thinking it was still from like there was the combination of us being at like Mondo Lucha on Friday, Mondo which, Lucha. which we haven't really talked about that. Jesus at all. Christ! Oh my God, dude! It like, was a transformational experience. It, it really was. I mean, when you get something where it is Lucha Libre wrestling, burlesque, and a punk band all in one show. How it's you, a near religious experience. How are you going to go wrong? Yeah, they in Turner Hall yeah, in, they, in they, Milwaukee, they which is like you know, this classic, you know, this classic venue. I mean, it's just it's amazing. It's amazing. They mentioned halfway through the the event that they were coming back to Milwaukee. Mondalucha, for those folks who don't aren't uh, acquainted, is a traveling wrestling promotion. That tours uh, across. I, I don't. I think. I don't think they've been outside of the U.S. But they they play different cities in the U.S. But they're from Milwaukee originally. And when they get to play in Milwaukee, it's it's a special thing. There are people that they have limited merch releases at yep. these shows. So like, yep. there was a fucking huge line in the merch. Well, we were standing. Like, I mean, that 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 line was there the whole night. Yeah. I mean, the whole night. Anyway, so there are people that this was their fifteenth year. This is. Like there are people that have been coming from the start, like so kids that grew up there literally, kind of you know how we're we're starting to get to see that at Breeze uh, around this team. But they announced halfway through the event that they were coming back t- on January fifth to the Cooperage in Milwaukee, and that there are only three hundred tickets being sold for it. So of course I fucking immediately bought tickets. Yes. Um, but great, great night out. It wasn't super loud, which was good, but it, I mean, it was loud enough to where my ears were a little tender the next morning. No, it, that's what I realized on Sunday. It was like my ears were were hurting because of uh, it was the kids. Oh yeah, from us being yep. from us being directly behind these kids, just blasting. That's a good problem to have, and I I, I loved it. Yeah, I great. loved it. I mean, that video that I sent to the group, I was like, yeah, this was fun. Like, I, that's probably the most fun I played. I've had playing drums in a while, so. Yeah. Uh, I want to call out, you know, I mean, again, we're not going to rehash the entire Knoxville game. I do want to understand, I do want to say, and I understand fully, um, you know, this was a frustrating game, uh, even for people to watch on TV. It wasn't really uh, much of an actual like football game. A zero-zero draw generally is not the most entertaining thing, but when you need a win, it's just fucking unbelievably it was, annoying. It was it was more entertaining than the first time we played Knoxville this yeah. season because that one in Knoxville, that zero-zero draw was. I mean, they combined for less than one expected goal. Yeah, and <laughs> the, the XG for this game was like one point two or one point three. I think that's still a half goal each, higher than that each side. Right. So. What I kind of want to mention about this Knoxville game, and, and I know like we put out a call to action ahead of that, make sure you have Breeze. Well, guess what? The fucking call to action continues. It's going to go through the end of the season. Every fucking game, yo. Every game matters from here on out. Be there. Be frustrated with us if that's what it takes to back this team. You know, part of it is we have a reputation to uphold as a fan base, but it's not really even about that. It is you're going to spend time this offseason thinking about all of the things that it could have gone well, all of the things that did go great. Mm-hmm. You're going to fucking miss this when it's done. 
And if you don't show up to matches, you're going to miss it even more, especially if you get into the fucking playoffs. Because like we've been saying all season long, it's you just got to get to the playoffs. got to get in. And you got a chance. And that's just it. And I think this is a club that has the ability to get to the playoffs. They have an ability to... When they're in the playoffs, make a deep run. Yep, we and, still got a shot at a. We still got a shot at a home playoff. Absolutely, game. absolutely, and, and we need you there. And I think one of the, that was one of the things I wanted to say is that was awesome to see on Saturday. When I when I was buying uh, some beverages for us at the beginning of the you know at the beginning of the match, one of the you know, the bartenders was kind of looking at the crowd and everything, and I think he was nervous because we were competing with UW football as to whether or not a crowd would show up. Well, 4,700 people showed up uh, on Saturday night. 4,800. Yeah. And so, so 4,800 people show up on Saturday night. I think that you, you got your answer as to whether or not. Um, and like I told him, I'm like, this is a different crowd. I'm like, the people watching the football game, the people here. I don't think we have to sell people that are listening so, to this podcast on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have to sell people listening to this podcast on selling it to the people who don't yep. listen to this podcast. Yep. Get your friends to come out. Yeah, and I will say sort of one final thing before we get to the interview. Uh, let's save. There were a lot of feelings on Saturday after that game. Let's save the bad feels for after we're out of the playoffs. Yeah, we got some shit to focus on for right now. Yep. So no more fucking hand wringing. Like get upset, do whatever you want, scream into your pillow, scream into the void that is Twitter, do whatever it is you need to do. Show up to that fucking game and make sure other people are there too. And back the boys. And with that, let's get to our interview. Zemo. Nazim Bartman. Nazim. All right. We are here with our esteemed guest, a multiple time guest, a returner. I'm trying to think. Is this three or four? Four. I think it's four. I think it's yeah, four times you've been four, on, the, yeah. Yeah, on the show. I'm trying We're, to beat Eric Lenning, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, good luck with that. He had his own show with us for a while. Well, I mean, uh, he's, he's already got the goal record. Yeah, that's true. So now he's got, like, the next to Lenny. Yeah. He's got the appearance record. He's right. got He's got the record for, you know, most appearances here, too. Yeah. Well, he's got the most appearances for NDZ Live, anyway. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are here with... Nazim Bartman, if you didn't figure that out already. Uh, one of our favorites. Yeah, he's the only one on the team with a South African accent. No one else can notice that. Uh, um, so, yeah, well, welcome, Nazim. Thanks again for joining us. Appreciate y'all for having me, man. I didn't scare you away last time, which is good. Uh, um, real quick, just so that we can get this out of the way, we're going to uh, talk about the, the Knoxville game and our, our kind of opening, which... We'll record separately, but uh, don't want to dwell too long on this. But it, you know, it's been a frustrating run of recent games for the fans, but it has to be frustrating for the players and the coaching staff as well. How are you feeling personally coming out of this most recent run of games? I'm definitely frustrating, man. Um, and it's not like we're doing anything wrong or anything differently. As as just the results don't hasn't been falling our way right and i don't know if i'm gonna get fined or not but fuck i don't care man uh the referees doesn't doesn't, the referees doesn't help you know yeah um and you guys have seen that in the last uh 
in the last couple of games now, especially in this most recent runs, right? Um, but even though with that, man, like it's it's something that's out of our control, right? It's something that we are trying to figure out in terms of how we can win games around that because we yeah. have no control over that, us or, or the coaches, right? So it's been frustrating, but uh, we want the fans to continue, man, to support us as they have been. You know, um, it's going to change. Right, and it's gonna change at the right time for us, and and that's what we all believe. You mentioned when you walked in here tonight that um, that mentally you're just you're just kind of drained. Yeah, you know, and that would you say that that's kind of like what you've seen is kind of the mentality through the team right now is that that, that mentally they're just drained. Yeah, there's, there's it has to be there has to be some mental fatigue, which is which is a very real thing. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, you guys have been on the road for like Andrew and I were saying it's like. For four weeks, you guys, exactly. at the end of every week, we're getting on a plane. Exactly. That, like, that just that takes a toll. And, and even those, man, hasn't been easy. We've, we've come across, like, obstacles even on the road as right. well. Right. Um, when we're in Fresno, whole flight got canceled. Right. Yep. We had to stay there an extra day, all yeah. those type of things, yeah. right? So those, those are things that we've honestly, we've, we've, we've gone through them and, and, and we've taken it to be honest you know like we haven't been letting these obstacles break us down or or like get in between us you know we've stuck together through it yeah interpersonally you mean yeah but for me personally man i've uh mentally i'm i'm tired i'm tired it could be yes our schedule has been insane uh since what like june or so our schedule has been pretty insane we also have a, a smaller squad this year so you play more minutes, you play more games, right. um, not a lot of rest time, yeah. all those type of things. But, man, the the staff have been good, you know. They, they manage the training sessions well, you know, so guys don't kill themselves. Right. You yeah. know, and... Uh, Making sure to give you days off when you get exactly. days off. Exactly. Like We're getting yeah. the days off um, and just try and focus on the next, the next game every single time. Yeah. You know. How have you been feeling overall, like just physically this year? Because I know you you kind of struggled with some injury uh, recurring stuff that's come up in previous seasons. Yeah, but you, you seem fairly ready to go in most games. Oh man, let me knock on wood, man. But <laughs> that's honestly one of the things that me, the coaches, uh, even some of the guys from last year that we've talked about is I haven't been. Yeah, I got injured in the beginning of the season, and we all know what could have been possibly part of the reason which was i was fasting at the time right right but ever since i came back um to being fully fit i've been playing multiple 90 minutes back to back to back yeah um body has been recovering very well so physically i feel amazing um and uh i honestly don't even know what i what i did differently or what i changed uh in terms of whether it's my everyday routine or the things I eat or right honestly I don't know what I just a bit of luck maybe yeah uh, it could yeah. be you know it could be right. um, but I'm not complaining yeah. I'm not complaining I get to play almost every game now so that's pretty good it's a windy night out here in middle and, and, and it just changed too like just the wind started, the, the, yeah. like the wind just picked up uh, all of the dulcet tones of Middleton Wisconsin on, on this here podcast um you know, I know, I know. For me, it's been great seeing you staying fit this season because I feel like you add something different to that attacking line. But 
you've also shown, especially in recent games, especially when defending has been more difficult, it seems like, as a, as a team against other teams, maybe who have switched their tactics ahead of games they played us from what they usually do, what they do yep. on tape, you know? Yep. It seems like you've been putting in more defensive work this season than you have previously. How how are you liking that? Is that something you're accustomed <laughs> to, or are you just having to kind of do it because that's the expectation? Oh, man, for any attacker, it's probably not what you like it's to not, do. It's not right? your favorite. Yeah, it's no, not. I, I, it's, I, I already um, know. And everyone, know, <laughs> everyone knows on the team, man, when it comes to defending, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not good at it, right? I mean, if you but, like defending, you're a better midfielder, right? Exactly. Yeah, so. But it is something that, that needs to that needs to happen, you know, right. for the team to win. Uh, that can help the team, and it's not just me. Uh, right. We have Cheney clearing balls off the line, you know, uh, Jaden running back, Derek running back. Right. But then you can also flip the script and say, well, you have Steven who's a defender that scores goals. Right. You know, Jake that scored attacks. a goal this year too. Jake scores. Mitch yep. scored as well. Yep. You know, so yeah, we we all have to do both sides of the ball, yep. right? And uh, and I think that has been a big reason as to where we are, why we are the way we are this year. You know, uh, with the position we are in the league right now, um, and we just got to continue to do that, and the results will will definitely switch. So, <clears throat> shifting gears a little bit, um, we've talked briefly <laughs> before about your upbringing, um, but I haven't really dug into it. Was like growing up. Uh, in, in a township out, like kind of on the outskirts of Cape Town, Bontehuel. Is that how it's pronounced? Bontehuel. Bontehuel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, like I, I, I did a little bit of reading up on it and kind of a, its history as far as when it was created, what it was created for, for apartheid, and um, a lot of people that were residents of Cape Town were forced out. Yep. And that's where they were kind of forced into landing. Yeah. And it was like immediately overcrowded and received very little help from the government. Um, but it also sort of on, on the flip side of that, uh, people didn't wait too long before pushing back on that. Yeah. And Bontehivo has like a, a rich history of standing up absolutely. to the apartheid police yeah, and absolutely. activism politically yep. and otherwise. So, you know, it kind of sounds like you come from a town that is very steeped in like taking care of its own. Yeah, definitely, man. And it's and it's honestly not just even uh, Bontehivo. Um, so as you said, like with uh, the apartheid and, and people that were forced out of Cape Town into these smaller communities. Uh, my grandfather was actually one of them. Um, and he used to live in Cape Town and was forced into Bonteville. Um And there's a whole bunch of those small communities around one another. Um, so you'll, you'll have Bonteville, then so close down. to it. Yeah. You have uh, Menenberg, you have uh, Hanover Park and all those things, right? So yeah. all of these areas are extremely similar, um, neglected. Right. by the government in, neglected by um being taken care of um resources all these type of things and and that's what it's like uh it was like that and it's probably even worse now um mm. in those areas as well because um, it's still being neglected right. every yeah every single day so there hasn't been any type of change since the last time i, I used to live there yeah, so one of the things I was reading up, in, and I kind of sent this over to, to Grant and Mitch, because, 
you know, I found it interesting just kind of like the research I was doing looking at news articles and a lot of them were a mix, like pretty regular mix, but pretty like a, a, a running theme, a trend there of like the news articles are either about really violent crime, drug trafficking, um, or sports or yep. youth, youth programs Yep. Uh, to kind of help young people. Because it sounded like Gangs have kind of taken over large swaths of yeah. a lot of those communities around yeah. the like, sort of perimeter of Cape Town. Yeah. Um, what was it like growing up in, in the middle of all of that? I mean, I wasn't even, I was in it, man. Um, I was completely in it. I was on, on both sides of that end, uh, the sports sides and. Remind, like, remind our audience, you had a hit put out on you when you were. Yeah, when I was 11 years when old. You were 11 years old. You had, yeah. a, you had a contract hit put on you. Exactly. Yeah. I couldn't leave my house uh, for about a week. Um, and that was due to someone that was in my school. So just so everyone knows, kids are being recruited, right, by gangs. Mm -hmm. And all of everything that, that happens in South Africa is is honestly related so the reason people are able to or willing to go into gangsterism and stuff because it's not like these people are idiots right 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 they're super smart man yeah they're super smart don't have resources right so your ideas and and all these things don't go anywhere yeah right then the cost of living in south africa is ridiculously expensive but the salary people make don't align with that. So right. people are constantly living paycheck to paycheck, right? So the easiest route is to... It's crime. Is to become a gangster, right? Because yeah. they, they so-called take care of you, right? right? They yeah. provide you with yeah. things that you don't necessarily have at home, right. right? So when I was in, I think it was the sixth, sixth or seventh, I think it was sixth or seventh grade. I think it was sixth grade, yeah. I was like 11, yeah, five or six. Then a guy in my class was being recruited and he is like initiation uh, to prove himself was, all right, well, like you got to do something to to someone, right? And, and that's someone, I was the guy that, someone that was you. yeah, I was the guy that he didn't like. And uh, we ended up fighting. Um, I beat him up and that's when the heat started right uh they they chased me out of the school ran home and the craziest thing was that all these dudes that actually put a hit out on me was former players of my father so they used to play soccer and i used to train with them and stuff like that but because you're in that life it doesn't really matter who you know now right you have to prove your worth it's about your own life at that point exactly yeah. and uh yeah we had to get it called off um my uncle did some things and it was called off for me and I was cleared, right? But like I said, man, I was in it on the on the soccer side and then also on that on that side as well, having to defend yourself every single day. Um, not letting people take advantage of you. Right. Um, not being bullied into certain things. Um, but for me that's honestly soccer or sports in general was my escape from all of it and I think that's the fight that is continuously happening still mm -hmm. right now where 
sports is fighting that uh, gang violence and and drugs and all these things to keep kids away. Hence why the tournament. Yeah. You know, I know it's not a lot, but it's two days that kids don't have to worry about being part of that. Right. You know, escaping that for a little bit. You know, and and I think that's what everyone else is trying to do um, when it comes to sports, is to keep kids off the street. So I mean, and you talked just a little bit about this. Right now, it's like in your hometown, young people are often intimidated into joining these gangs and oftentimes harassed or killed if they refuse. Yep. Um, your dad was trying to use football as a way out for that. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know. Can you can you talk a little bit about you know just about that? I mean, he. Uh, he used he used football for for that reason um but also other reasons as well you know um because soccer can can take you places right so it was a way for kids to see that they are worth more than than what they think they really are mm-hmm. you know and uh i mean perfect example would be when i was younger um there would be kids in a higher age group that used to play for my father and uh they wouldn't have say money for to travel right? right to come to the games or money for food for example and a lot of times what happens is when kids don't have the resources they stay away yeah or the parent keeps them away yep. right yeah and the one thing about my dad and actually not just my dad it was my dad annie's best friend which was my coach as well when they had a training session and a kid didn't show up right after the session they would walk so my dad never used to drive like he never drove a car um my dad's friend also never drove so they would walk from the training ground to and to the person's place yeah Yeah. go to the kid's house to go find out what's happening why is he not there right and that was for every single kid that didn't show up to training if they didn't hear anything so of course like the kids will talk right, right. my dad asked hey where's this guy and then kids will say ah this is what's happening this is what's happening but if they didn't hear anything they'll go and that was literally what my dad did all this all the time kept so many kids away from gangs and uh drugs and all these things and a lot of times yeah like there were times where they failed Right. where they couldn't save a kid um, but it wasn't because they, they didn't try yeah right it was just you can't save everyone right so but the fact it was still that they they tried you know yeah speaking of that you know before we started recording tonight you talked about kit night <laughs> and that is a the, what you're describing is just like a stark contrast to a lot of the stuff that's still going on. Um, you mentioned that, and I, I, I want to make sure we kind of drive that home of like, nothing's really changed. You mentioned that earlier. Things might even be worse than they were when, when you know, when you moved to the States. Yep. And you've been here for a while. Yeah, more than um, 10 years now. But, you know, as I said, you, you talked about kit night, like folding kits and socks. Yeah. Like before you, you have to go back, you know, at, at the end of the week of training or a or, or game or whatever. Um, it sounds like 
you know, your family and your dad made a big impact on you in that regard of like just making it a family thing and a cultural thing for you. Um, what did your upbringing, your family and your dad teach you about life and being a footballer? Oh, man, um, that's a good question. Me and my mom was actually just talking about this uh, yesterday, how so both my parents didn't work since I was like five years old up until now even right and uh i was talking to her and and i told her i said you know it's crazy that with so little that we had right in terms of say materialistic things um my dad prepared all his kids not just me because my sister's the same way my brother's the exact same way um my parents prepared us well more than more than well for for life in itself mm. right because i've been on my own since i was 17 and not once did i i won't say i struggled but not once did i give up right right and uh that's the same with my sister same with my brother right and he was able to provide all these lessons for us growing up that that no money could ever ever replace or buy Right. You know, and 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 growing up, I was I was one of the kids that didn't have much, right? In terms of didn't have shoes or didn't have the fancy things or or this or that. But I was also smart in knowing that man, I didn't need those type of things, right? So I never right. Right. allowed my parents to buy me anything I didn't need, right? And uh, but I was always listening to the things my dad would talk about because every situation in my life became a life lesson mm. right and it was a man it was a preach every single time i did something yeah. there would be a lesson out of it right mm -hmm. and yeah. as a kid you don't really take into it right you're just like man he's just about to talk again right now <laughs> right yeah. like and that was my that was my attitude and but because i was away from home from a very young age i was able to to take these lessons on very very early right and and it, and i used it right and it's and it's been helping soccer has been that like a big lesson in that aspect right i had my first let's say like my first failure when i was five years old in soccer and and i still remember till this day that i went on a tryout and didn't make it Right, and my dad was like, "Well, you'll go again." I went to the same tryout four times, didn't make it, right? Because it was IX Cape Town, which was at the time the biggest mm -hmm. academy in in Cape Town. Yeah. Right, and every kid wanted to play for them. Yeah. Right, they wear the tracksuit and right. they get picked up by this mini bus that, like, everyone just sees it, right? So four times I went, man. And I was like, fuck, I'm done with this. Right. I ain't going no more. Right. And for him, it was always like, keep going. If you want to play, keep, keep trying. Yep. Yeah, keep trying. You know, and that was basically the thing I took into my life. Because I know I'm not going to succeed at everything I do. Mm -hmm. Right. But I know the one thing I won't do is give up on anything that I want to do. Yeah. And that was basically all the things that happened in my life that became my life lesson. Right. 
never to give up yeah love that so your dad um he was the coach at phantom orion orion yeah frank who came up with that now that's from beyblade right phantom orion <laughs> fc yeah so that's from is that from beyblade i honestly don't know where uh where the name came from i i think i was i was five when i so that's that's way too for early yeah that, that you at five years old was what year yeah i mean i was born 93 so 98 that could have been yeah. that could have been beyblade that yeah. could have been beyblade anyway i think it's super mitch mitch is gonna get on it right now. yeah if that is our, our anime expert mitch is gonna get on it. <laughs> please don't ever say that again <laughs> <laughs> we gotta come back to that i just because i looked it up today That's great. i was like can i find something about this team somewhere and the first article that came up was phantom a beyblade article that's hilarious beyblades uh, originally released in japan in july 1999 oh so that's the toy yeah. the toy itself and uh uh also the debut series i guess huh, so yeah interesting so could have been it was so, right around so the thing was with phantom orion it used to be if I'm correct, it used to be Phantom Rovers first, gotcha. right? And then my dad and my entire, because soccer is in my, mm. my my entire family, right? Everyone yeah. from uncles to the kids, all, everyone they, everyone they is play. played, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they used to have a team called Roma, and my dad them used to own that amateur team, right? Okay. Called Roma, yeah. And Roma and Phantom Rovers combined. And it became Phantom Orion. Gotcha. But I don't know where the Orion comes from. Yeah. Right. Uh, I honestly don't know. So that was like the first official club that I I started playing for. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, kind of moving on to, uh, I know you played for a good amount of like youth organizations. Uh, went on to play in college. Um, went on to play in tyler texas of all places yeah that's actually where my my wife grew up <laughs> went to tyler junior college yeah um but i gotta ask about and we're we can't one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on tonight is talk a bit about uh your dad's foundation that you set up after he passed in 2020 yeah. um and a mate primarily you know, we want to hear about the tournament, but overall about the foundation and how folks can can help out. Yeah. So yeah, as people probably know now, um, I started the foundation before my dad passed away. Okay. Um, so I was able to talk to him about it, um, and then when he passed away, I I knew it was okay. Like I need to I need to start Gotta doing do this it. now. Yeah. Um, initially, it was gonna start. 2020 but then of course COVID happened um so i was only able to start it in 21. um the foundation is basically go based on what we talked about earlier in terms of trying to keep kids away from gangsterism uh drugs and just off the street right um but it's also to show them listen man i came from the same area right i've came through the same obstacles that you guys are experiencing right? right i would say the biggest difference with me and a lot of the other kids are my support system sure right it wasn't money 
right because i had both parents that didn't work right but i had parents that supported every single thing that i was trying to do when it came to sports right my mom was the side for school and my dad was soccer mm-hmm. right and from a young age and i didn't even realize it until recently from a young age they were grooming me into that where if my education wasn't on point i can't play right right and basically like the other way around it didn't really matter right but your education had to be on point in order for me to play which is basically the college system mm-hmm. your education has to be on point for you to be able to play right right so f- i've done that my whole life basically and and didn't even realize it yeah right so once i basically decided i needed to do the foundation i was to show kids that i come from the same area you know i yes i had opportunities but i it's opportunities that every kid also gets right in terms of tryouts right taking every opportunity that came not succeeding but then going back mm-hmm. right and i think the biggest thing is that the kids in in the areas that i grew up in they give up easily yeah right and it's because of the environment right right it's because of the support system that feeds into their heads yeah mm-hmm. um Absolutely. but then it's also because money right if you don't make it well i you need to go get a job you know um those are things that survival exactly those are things that these kids are constantly experiencing right and my foundation is not an opportunity for them to be seen somewhere but it's an opportunity for them to to see where i came from mm-hmm. right and what i've done with my life and not just me i have my cousin that lives in la same same thing grew up in the same area went the same route college and he's graduating now but then i have one of my best friends i grew up with um he actually came to see, uh, see me play this year oh, cool. in north carolina um he lives over there he used soccer to get a, f- a scholarship to come to the us but he his route he chose was different mm-hmm. right he's now a professor right uh doing his doctorate and all those yeah. type of things super but dope. it's two guys that come out of the exact same area right yep. right used soccer or sports to basically make it out right and this is the type of message that we're trying to send to kids you know and, and right. there's only so much we can do right but i'm hoping that they grasp it and and hold on to it you know yeah. and, and 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 use us as as an example instead of looking over their shoulder to right. a gangster and see ah right, okay like this is the easiest way out to to make a living you know so i feel like a lot of kids in the states grow up with this and and probably in a lot of countries where where soccer is more popular than it is here but just like as a general statement of kids that grow up playing sports in the US a lot of them give it up when they realize that they won't go to the NFL or the NBA uh, or whatever it is but there are there are so much more opportunities <laughs> out there for people to pursue doing those things even if it's not at the absolute highest level exactly exactly um, i mean i see even in soccer man i see, i know so many guys that have retired before they even reach 30 right and to me it's 
that's crazy right I, I i don't think i could do that like i will play till i honestly can't anymore right because right? that that was my purpose coming to the u.s right i wanted to pursue a career right and now that i have it i'm not gonna just throw it away right because right. i know man this a million kids that wants to be in that position as you right so i've been able to appreciate it even more um especially in these last like couple of years appreciate the the opportunity to play um and the things that i have and where i'm at compared to where i used to be all those things yeah yeah you hinted a little bit there at this idea of legacy which i think is an interesting topic because the your foundation is the faisal bartman yeah. legacy yeah. foundation you talked a bit about why putting on this tournament every year and just generally giving kids a chance to see a different path and be a part of a tournament, be a part of a community that's doing that, that's showing that to people. How can people help? Because uh, obviously tournaments cost money to pull yeah. off and yep. it sounds too like the tournament not only includes like you're on a team, you're playing, but uh, ideally it would also include things like uniforms yep. that they could then take home and then be a part yeah. of, of, of their life. But also you're feeding them yeah you're giving them a chance to go and have fun there are events and other stuff going on around it how can people help pull this off okay so i do um i do have a gofundme page that uh i recently opened again um so we did it last year um and thanks to you guys we were able to raise more than enough money um and it was a big success right um so i have a gofundme page um that i can uh, that will be in my bio on Instagram, share that right? And too. I can share that yeah. as well with you guys. Um, so that's probably the easiest way um, to to help out. And if people have uh, cleats that they don't use no more, uh, goalkeeper gloves, all these things, these are things that I take back with, right? And and I give it to uh, all the kids that don't have extra cleats or that mm. have broken cleats. Yeah. I replace it, right? So, just to talk about what we've done in the last two years. So, with the money that I raise, um, the kids get two meals for the day. So, it's a, generally, it's a Saturday and a Sunday. Um, so, they have like a breakfast uh, before the tournament starts, right? Then we do the introduction. Um, I introduce myself and then my mom and everyone else that's involved in the tournament. They get their breakfast and then the tournament starts right then midway through they get a lunch and mm. these are all things my mom prepares right she, so she's, she's cooking a, for all everyone yeah very very good cook <laughs> man uh for the whole family so everyone knows um <coughs> so the money goes to that as well and then that happens the sunday as well so we have breakfast in the morning and then a mud lunch and then uh at the end of the tournament we give individual awards away so last year we gave uh one of one of the players from last year drew connor um he gave us a whole bunch of brand new soccer cleats um that then went to these in individual awards for midfielder of the tournament uh striker of the tournament defender goalkeeper of the tournament um top goal scorer and then player of the tournament i think that's the the six yeah 
and then of course the the winning team and then the runners-up so money goes to buying trophies medals um the bigger trophies are returning mm -hmm. so we try not to spend as much money on those type of things like we right. we'd rather spend it on more food or things that that's better for the kids right yeah um and then yeah and then the first year we tried to buy school supplies stationery which i want to do but it's just ridiculously expensive to do that for over 60 kids right right so we try and stay away from that until we know we can actually afford to give every single kid um school supplies right so if you're listening to this pony up so you can buy some school supplies <laughs> is there so when, when is the tournament happening this this year this year it will be on the 9th and the 10th uh of december okay and so i'll be there this year um i'm planning to go home um i wasn't able to go last year but i was able to manage and get a very well team mm -hmm. that can do all these things for me while i'm on the side Brilliant. and then when i come home then there's not much for me to to stress about or anything like that and it was right. a big success last year yeah it's great to hear we're going to be pushing that a lot on our socials um as well as probably on match days um we're gonna think creatively because we did that last year and folks came through and, yeah, and donated time, a good amount man. of money so i think we have a couple of ideas in the, in the can that we're going to discuss after yeah. this if you're listening to this though and you'd like to help out definitely hit us up um we'll get you all the info so that you can you can donate uh equipment or or cash absolutely um so yeah i don't think we'll be lacking in, in that area but one of the things I wanted to bring, I wanted to ask you about too, is, you know, you, you talked a lot about how, you know, growing up that soccer was just, it was always a thing there. Yeah. In 2010, the world <laughs> the World Cup came to South Africa. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about what uh, what that was like and what the effect was on, you know, on on you know on football and you know and on the country. You know, oh from, man, from your, it was it was major. Honestly, um, it was very very different, right? Um, from what we've experienced, right? right. It's it's right. it's not like a regular league game. Um, it's not like any type of tournament. It's man, it's the World Cup, right? The entire country was affected by it in terms of there were so many different, like South Africa in itself have so many different cultures already mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and the world cup just brought even more cultures to it right and it was so cool to see how everyone was embracing embracing everyone else that that came there yeah. right the fan parks was amazing yeah. right the stadium was man it was mind-blowing like i was i was able to go to two games which uh, games for the world to? cup um i was lucky man i got both tickets for free um the first one i went with my school my high school and it was france and uh uruguay oh, wow. that was a group that was a group stage game mm -hmm. right i think it, it was zero zero that time yeah um france didn't do too well i don't think they made it out the group stage uh that year right was that, was that thierry Henry's last year playing for france no no thierry Henry was, was 20 was 2006 right i think there was, i think there was zidane's the, yeah. the, it was the year after Zidane. Did, or 2006 was Zidane's last one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
So, was, so it was the it was the yeah. there was the cycle after Zidane because there was a and I they were, know and they were a, trying to figure out who was going to be right. the, there know, was it a, was before Henri took over and kind of there was a big there was a big thing in the France uh, team that year. Um, I don't know. I that's think right, it was with Evra or someone. That's right. Patrice Evra. There was there was something happening in their in their that's camp. Right. That's right. That's right. Uh, that's right. Because right. I saw a documentary recently um, where they talked about mm-hmm. what happened. Right. I think it was Benzema at the time as mm-hmm. well, um, where he got kicked out of the national team. Um, so they didn't do too well, and then I was able to go watch uh, Cristiano Ronaldo as well. Um, Portugal. Yeah. Uh, they played against what's the it's the the game where he scored the the goal where the ball kind of like went over his head mm. he went 1v1 with the goalkeeper went over his head um and then he just tapped it in yep korea republic or something like yeah. that yeah republic of, I, think, yeah. I think it was korea South it was like their first time ever making the world cup so i was able to go watch that game yeah um the story for that was actually very funny man i was on the track team uh and i had practiced that morning because uh, it was school holiday so during the World Cup there was no school right? no one went to school for like man, over a month yeah, I suppose there's no chance that happens here when the World Cup's here it'll be in summer right so, so we'll be out of school to so begin everyone with. will be well, out of school yeah. summer school kids are still going to summer school yeah that would have been me yeah man I'm telling you <laughs> you're, was- you're going to class Schmidt <laughs> But if there you would, but no if you would have had man. a cool ass teacher like me, we'd have been watching the game during. Yeah, there was no school, <laughs> so, so, so that was amazing, right? And then <laughs> I, I remember that morning I was at training, and my aunt calls and she's like, "Hey, I have a ticket for the Portugal game. If you oh, want to wow. go, I'm going." And I'm like, "Hell yeah, I'm going!" <laughs> and but I'm at training right now, right. so I'm like, "Man, I gotta tell my coach something." And I told him I had to go babysit my brother because um, my mom had to leave. So I went home, picked up my cousin, and we went, got in the taxi, went down to Cape Town, uh, picked up the tickets, and then head out to the stadium and watch the game. Do you remember watching that first game that South that South Africa was in? Yeah, against Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that man. The goal. Oh my gosh. Yeah. People still talk about it. Were man. you watching at home or where were you watching it? No, I was watching it at home because that yeah. game was played in Johannesburg. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I was going to say it was in Joburg, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was watching that at home. And uh, yeah, I mean, ever since that celebration, that has been my celebration a lot of the times now. Uh, I did it last year yeah. Yeah. in the Open Cup game. I, n- I noticed that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I just had to get the team to, to do that. But yeah, Shabalala, man. Crazy goal. <laughs> did you speaking of that? Do you have any? Did you have any South African players that you looked up to when you were kind of coming up playing? Yeah, definitely. Um, Benny McCarthy. Mm. Benny McCarthy for sure. Yeah. Um, Number ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, goal scorer, man. Yeah, uh, he's good. Stephen Pinar. Um, yeah. He used to play for Everton yep. in the Premier League. Had, uh, yep, had the, the braids. The, yeah, yep. the little dreads, the cornrows. Yep. Um, and then also like in Cape Town. Um, there was Samir Doty, um, but he's a local player. Mm-hmm. Um, played in the Premier League back home, and it's funny because like I was I was training and playing with these guys, um, and then there's another another player, Kermit Erasmus. Um, mm. He played in Europe as well. Yeah. Um, I I was gonna say that name sounds familiar. Yeah, Kermit Erasmus. He played in Europe, and uh, I because I'm a, I'm naturally a nine. 
right? right. I play forward and uh, my game is a lot like his. Mm. Um, so I was fortunate enough to train with him um, wow. when I was playing for Supersport uh, in the academy. Okay. And he was in the first team. I was able to train with them, play scrimmages and stuff like that. Um, so it was, it was good, man. It was dope. Interesting. Speaking of South Africa, so on September 30th, we play Lexington. You know that yeah. the only other South African in USL1 plays plays for Lexington, uh, Fila Domini. Yeah, Domini. Yeah, <clears throat> and there's talk of people making Macarapa and bringing Vuvuzelas to the game. Oh, man, they got to do that. <laughs> That's what, um, we're, that's what we were saying. So but, you know, apparently that. people don't. And play some Amapiano music, man. Yeah. I, see? Yeah. That's what we're saying. Yeah. But uh, so just real quick, Tumi Mashabane is the, the third player in all of USL that also is from South Africa. And interestingly enough, used to play for Lansing. Yep. He played for Lansing, yeah. Um, Currently with San Diego Loyal. Yeah. yeah the Yeah, to be disbanded. Soon to, soon to be rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Um. But as far as like the Macarapa and Vuzela's, like they're they seem important to people not from South Africa, like to the the fan culture and the culture around the sport. Um, how important are they uh, as someone who's from there? Man, it uh, I th- I think for me it plays a big it plays a big role, man, because it, it 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 shows people our culture, right? It shows people. Uh, what we do at a game and stuff like that and man you guys haven't like yet at the stadium like Vuvuzelas and stuff for the World Cup but it started way before that oh yeah absolutely you know it started way before that and to be in the crowd and you hear all those things man honestly you can't hear anything right on the field and I didn't play in when I was younger I didn't play in stadiums that's closed off uh, it's open Right, and you still can't hear. Like mm-hmm. you still can't hear people. Because the right? sound is all go, it's going straight exactly. to the field. Yeah. So yeah. playing in front of those men, yeah, it brings a lot of memories. Man. Yeah. yeah. I've been looking for an excuse to make a macarapa since since 2019. Yeah, since those, we started. Those pink hard hats are dope. The so for we found folks pink, who, we found pink hard hats. Yeah, for <laughs> folks who don't know what these are, these are the the origin of the macarapa, which is made its base is made from a construction helmet. Oh really? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah. The, and then there's designs around it, and right? Stuff like it's that. like yeah. a big, it's like a hat with a bunch of <laughs> like ornate designs and like banners, and like they paint them, and they're specifically painted if it's for a club team to that team's colors with yep. like slogans on it or a player pictures, all sorts of stuff. But the origin of this came from somebody in the stands getting hit in the head with a projectile from other fans behind them. So he was like, I don't want that. So anymore. he's like, fuck this shit. I'm, I'm wearing, gonna, I'm we're wearing I'm, a hard hat. I'm wearing a hard yeah, hat. Yeah, yeah. But then <laughs> he not only wore the hard hat, but made it into like an expression of his like support Function becomes fashion. for the club. Yeah. yeah. A yeah. huge Kaiser Chiefs fan. That's actually the, the guy who originated yep. this. Yep. Yep. But it, it spread to like every club and eventually... I can see a Kaiser Chiefs fan get shit thrown at him though. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. So. Now I'm telling you, man... Uh, just the the and and even those things are like right the ideas these people have right, right you know like like it's different yeah right but once again the resources it's totally different it's totally unique and inspired and not coming from some corporate offering you know it's like legit 
grassroots fan culture. Exactly. Love exactly. It. Love it. So we're going to make some for that September 30th game. I'm, I've already got my fucking hard hat ordered. I, yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> Man, y'all got to get some Zach movies. as well. Yeah, I'm Y'all got to get the fuck to I, get some movies. This is, I'm surprised Zach this doesn't is already shocked face. Yeah. I'm surprised Zach shocked. doesn't already own like five hard hats. He probably does, just none of them are pink. I mean, he, 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 <laughs> we already, we, Mitch, we already own pink balaclavas. Yeah. So it's it's only makes sense that we're that we'd have to own pink hard hats too. Yeah. So just for the job. Um, but let's let's move let's let's look ahead here. Yes. Um, we got a game on Thursday coming up, the final matchup of the the Henny Derby for this year. We don't have to worry about winning the trophy. We already got the trophy. It's already trophies ours. unlocked. It's already <laughs> locked down. Um, thanks for that, by the way. They, yeah, they, yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, thanks, Zemo. Appreciate you. Um, but let's talk about that game. Let's talk about you know what, what's the what's the feeling for that, and then looking looking ahead because we're getting to the point now where we're getting low on games, and you know the playoffs are coming. And I think one of the things that we've talked about, you know, whether it was in the off season or even you know going through the season, is one of the I think the, the goal for this season was obviously you know you want to win, but it's to get to the playoffs. Yep. So you know, just talk a little bit about this game coming up, and uh, what's 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 the team looking at ahead? I mean. Every game coming up right now for us, it's 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 treated as a playoff game. Right. 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 Um, we we felt that these last couple of games has been frustrating, you know, and it's just a matter of our turning point happening, right? Because every every team in this league has gone through their ups and downs and stuff like that, right? And we've we've had it too, you know. Beginning of the season wasn't too great. We had a good run, and then we've gone through some some slumps, right? But every game right now counts as a playoff game, basically. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm saying for us. It's having that turning point at the right time, yep. you know, to build the momentum going into the playoffs. We are in a good position, right? We could be better, but I think it's I think it's probably the best for us right now. Because you don't want to, you don't want to go too high too early. Be too comfortable. Exactly. Omaha. Exactly. So for us, every game right now is treated as a playoff game. Yep. And every result is aiming for a three point. Right. Yeah. That's that's basically nothing less. It doesn't matter um, who scores, who assists, or none of those things matters right now. Everyone is on the same page in terms of. We need to team effort exactly. And, and and speaking about that, um, I think this year there's been, you know, I you know, at least I've noticed it from this club is that you know there's been like lo- hard losses or hard games or whatever, and it wasn't and it was and in years past there was always the feeling it's like oh man this is gonna be, this is gonna be two or three more following this or yeah. or, or, or whatever. With this club, it seems like in this group, it seems like. There always is like the, the the reset after every game of like hey you know is that because this club kind of knows that getting to the playoffs is the main goal and that just peaking at the right time is the is the main goal and you know and, and honestly I don't even think it's it's anything that we think about yeah right uh, every game has been we've been wanting to go out there to to get three points it's never been let's play for a tie it's, it's never been that yeah. and and you guys have seen it when right when we went to fresno right 
we were down two yep uh by two goals and a red card came back right i was never even even then I almost felt we, at the end you guys were gonna get another one yeah even then yeah, yeah it wasn't like once we tied it up all right okay let's take the point and Switch go off yeah. nah everyone was hungry yeah they you wanted know, to take three the guys home. wanted yeah. like nah yeah we 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 want this three right and yeah. you saw it even in the, the knoxville game as yeah. well yep you know regardless of what happened towards the end we didn't want to just take the point right right and and i think that's i'd rather have that yeah yeah for sure you know but i i think that's that's been the biggest change this year is is, is the mentality mm-hmm. you know and and i think because everyone can play right or we all know everyone on the team can play everyone they wouldn't be there if they couldn't play right right but the difference maker now is especially the last stretch of the the season the regular season is mentality yep. and that's where the mental fatigue mm-hmm. plays a big part mm-hmm. right getting the right amount of days off um get staying away from soccer on the days off right just staying away let your your brain kind of yep. like reset you know and and i think it's it's been helping us you your know? days off do you even watch me hell no yeah yeah hell no i don't i i what i do is the night of the game so like after the game when i get home after i shower pray everything i rewatch it yep yeah i rewatch the game right i watch some of the things that i should have did done differently mm-hmm. right rewatch the game uh to see some of the things that as a team that we should have done differently um i look at my movements um decision making and then once i'm done with that game i'm done yeah right then i don't go back to it i don't rewatch it i once the game is finished then i'm i'm done with it can move on yeah exactly yep. and i think that's the that's the biggest thing especially for 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 as for forward man um if you get a chance and you don't score you missed yeah you have to you gotta have you it. have to move on yeah. so yeah. fast you gotta have right? a short memory exactly. you gotta have a short memory exactly and that's what yeah, cause, i because you're getting another chance and if you're thinking about that uh, that that last chance yeah it will play in your head for sure yeah. right so absolutely that's something that i i i do that's that's part of my routine yeah so three points is honestly the only only thing that we're going for on on on, on thursday well i mean and now we can that's a nice little segue into like when you were saying that like when you that you don't you don't watch the game or anything like that in your days so when your days off what are you doing like this is typically the segment where we'll, we'll be like you know Sleep, what are you listening what are you listening to what are you watching what are you what are you reading uh, i'm a big i'm a big uh series type of guy okay so, so, what, I, are, so what are you watching right now right now i watch i'm watching ballers Right. Oh yeah. Uh, from yeah. The with, Rock. The, with the Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm watching that. I've seen it before, but not straight through. Yeah. Right. Um, but when I have time, I watch series, mm-hmm. or I just spend time with my kid. Yep. You know, that's that's honestly it. I stay away from the game. Um, I do coaching as well yep. in my spare time, so yep. I try and focus on that as well a little bit, um, and just try and keep myself occupied mm. but other than that i try to sleep as much yeah because the night sleep is good yeah after the game i i struggle to sleep yeah so i normally go to bed at like three o'clock four o'clock yeah because I, i just can't sleep it's too wired melatonin up. doesn't work for me yeah after a game 
So I'm just up. How many hours is the ideal number of hours for you to sleep at night? For me personally or in general? Just for you, for you. For me personally, um, I can function on six, seven hours, but that's I, I, I prefer to try and sleep more than that. Yeah. Like, like yeah. that's what my, that's what I'm asking. I'm like, so like, if you could choose. Oh, if I could choose if, ten, bro. Like ten hours a night. That's what that's. On the, on the way trips. Oh man. Yeah. Me and Aiden, because we're roommates, we sleep. Aiden sleeps like almost twelve hours, bro. Does he snore? <laughs> Yeah, Eden snows a lot. <laughs> Eden snows a lot. I, I knew that's why he seemed like he would be like one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He snores, man. He yeah. snores. He snores. <laughs> does he know? Does he know that he snores? Or oh does, yeah, I've proved on my or, phone. Okay, so yeah. he, so he denied it. That, that, that he snored oh no I have proof on my phone okay okay but you gonna tell you you got proof on me too so. <laughs> do you see because you snore too oh hell yeah I yeah, snore yeah, yeah. yeah there you go there you go but Aiden I, I be catching him sometimes like having conversation and just like keep saying I'm from London bruv like from London <laughs> like, like, like <laughs> while, while he's sleeping yeah in his sleep bro like what <laughs> trying to tell uh, me he's from London I'm like bro I know man <laughs> you know <laughs> But now, like when when we, we travel, when we travel, we the 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 dope thing about the like the hotel room is is just the dark yeah. uh, curtains, like it's just. The, so I I'm I'm in charge of that, right? Yeah. I make sure you black everything out. Yeah, no light is coming in, right? Yeah. Nothing comes it's in. Could be a tomb in there. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. when we when we go to bed, yeah, it's dark as hell. It's bedtime. Exactly, yeah. and then. We have breakfast normally nine to ten. I wake up at nine. Yep. Aiden will wake up at like nine thirty. Yeah. Yeah, but then yeah, it's just dark as hell. So I get I get a decent amount of sleep on That's on good. the way trips. Who is the early riser on the team? Like who is always like? I would up? say Burn probably Burn or Andrew. Just always up, ready to go. Yeah, I can, I can Burn, absolutely see. Burn and Andrew yeah. is the first guys in the locker room every single day. And every every day and who is the who is who is mr tardy himself that like he is always late always <laughs> always that, on their own time that's Jaden, bro it's gotta be Jaden. <laughs> is always late man. he's on jst uh, Jaden standard yeah, time yeah. he's always on his own time yeah. um but yeah we we have characters on the team man we have a whole bunch of characters but it's, it's, it's pretty fun you need that yeah you definitely man you have cheney too that that's just the whole character, man. Change the, the character? Oh, my huh, God. Hmm. Who knew? Hmm. News to me. News huh. to me, too. Yeah. Like, now he's Crazy. he's complaining about his red card, and we just hear it every single day now, man. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Twitter, we, Twitter, he's shouting into the void that is Twitter, and I it's mean, not shouting back, so he's got to tell he's somebody. He's got to tell somebody. I mean, yeah. if he wasn't getting a red card, he was getting probably a suspension for how many yellows has he gotten this year? Like, Ten. Yeah, and his yellows are always saying something to the ref. Or yeah, it's he's a character, man. Like yeah. I said, he's a character. <laughs> so that's just who he is. <laughs> he's yeah. a character. Who he is. So. I'm proud of myself, man. I only got, I think, I only got one yellow this year. That yeah. sounds right. Yeah, only one. Does, yellow. does the club do like a, a like a Mr. Gentleman Award for like the person with the, the, the lowest number of yellows? Nah, I doubt that because we didn't. They didn't do any awards last year, even. Like any type of individual awards, no. yeah. No time like the present to start. Yeah, now they should start yeah. and and give bonus and, and, take, take and give bonus for it too, man. Because that's that's a discipline that's what I'm thing. Yeah, that's, that's what a discipline thing. 
Le- yeah. I would say last year I got all my yellows during Ramadan, man. It wasn't because of the tackle. I was just frustrated. I was hungry, bro. Yeah. So I get all my yellows <laughs> during you Ramadan. When you're hungry, you you're salty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, are yeah. you when you're hungry. I, I yeah. had all my yellows in Ramadan. After that, didn't touch <laughs> another yellow. Yeah, you only have the one this year. <laughs> yeah, this year's one yellow for Love it. Um, the game against Omaha, man. Yeah, I don't even know why I got a yellow. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. Um, so Nazim talked about how he's watching ballers. Grant, I know you're listening to something this week. What is it? Uh, Apollo Green and Fillmore. Or, sorry, Apollo Brown and Fillmore Green. Okay. Yeah, Cost of Living album. Nice. Um, Apollo, you know Apollo Brown. I've talked a lot about. Yeah. Um, Hip hop instrumentalist out of Detroit. Uh, he's amazing. Um, just he's, he's everything he does is great. And then he went and got uh, the lyricist, a great lyricist from Chicago, Fillmore Green. And uh, they did an album together called The Cost of Living. It's just, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's just, it's everything, you know. Fillmore is, uh, he's, he's very much a Chicago kid and talks a lot about growing up in Chicago and what, like, growing up in the west side of Chicago was all about. And so, um, combined with, uh, the, you know, the, the Detroit beats from, uh, from uh, Apollo Brown, it's yeah. uh, top notch. So that's my recommendation for this week. Well, how about you, Mitch? I haven't really been listening to anything now. We're doing a lot. Um, I started playing Rocket League again, which I haven't done in like 10 months, apparently. <laughs> so the past couple of days, I was here. I was nearly late coming over here because I was playing, playing. Rocket League. I was like, I was like, I was like, it was like, it was Are like five, me? it was like 550. I'm just like, ah, I can fit one more game in. And then yeah. it nearly went to overtime. So I was lucky that didn't happen at least. But you know how it goes. These online games. What about you, boss? Uh, I've been I picked up an LP at Strictly Discs this last weekend in the the bargain new bin uh, on the Athens of the North label, which is based out of Edinburgh, yeah, uh, in Scotland. So this is a gentleman who replaced Otis Redding in Johnny Jenkins and the Pine Toppers back yeah. at, from Macon, Georgia. Uh, it is a, a compilation LP called The Prince of Georgia Soul from Arthur Ponder. Nice. Check out the album cover. I mean, mm. let's go, bro. Fucking, I saw Slick. that shit and was just like, I'm, I'm buying this. I'm I don't bu- even need to listen to it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm buying it. <laughs> that is that, And you going to Strictly reminded me of something else I've been listening to this week. Um, I actually, I ordered it and it didn't come in. Um, I'll be going to get it this week. Um, that is Use of Days. Oh yeah, um, his newest album. Um, if you don't know who Yusuf Days is, he did a lot of stuff with Tom Mish, um, who's amazing as well. Um, but Yusuf Days is probably him and Makaya McCraven are probably can you know. He's one of the premier jazz drummers. Out yeah, there right they're now. probably competing for the best percussionists you know in, in the jazz industry yeah. right now. And mm. so, um, but he did an album, and there's so many features. Tom Mish is on there, you know. Rocco Palladino's on there. Uh, FKJ is on there. Um, it, it's it's isn't it called Black Classical Music? Yeah, That's the new it's one? called Black Classical Music, and it is it's just phenomenal. I mean, it's everything you you want out of a jazz album. It's it's hip hop, it's soul, it's jazz. It's it's just it's so good, and I'm really looking forward to going and picking it up this weekend and uh, putting it on the record player and seeing what it sounds like. So brilliant. With that. Our interview will come to a close, and we're not going to do an outro, because how could you fucking add to that shit? How could you add to that? (laughs) Come on. 
thank you Nazim again for joining us thank um, you guys we'll make sure that we get out all the links uh, and information to folks so that they can help out go support this y'all yeah like the for F real go FBL support foundation and the tournament this year um 60 plus kids are going to get a chance to have a great time over the course of a weekend let's make it happen and we got another thing that we got coming that we'll let you know more about but we're going to talk a little bit about this with uh, nazima we're done here yeah so. let's do that all right uh but for now we'll see you all hopefully thursday night hopefully three points against richmond and as grant always says be easy everybody see y'all next time love it man cheers Authentic.